Welcome to the 65th episode of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Scott Osler. Scott has been providing great Warriors content all season, and he'll be with me and columnist Ann Killian for games three and four of the Western Conference Finals. After the Warriors game two win over the Trailblazers on Thursday, Scott sat down with me to recap the victory, look ahead to game three, and answer a pressing question. Is Portland doomed to get swept? We'll have our conversation right after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Around 11 p.m. Thursday, Scott Oster joined me in the Bowels of Oracle Arena to break down the Warriors' Game 2 win over the Blazers and look ahead to Game 3. All right, Scott, we're here in the Bowels of Oracle Arena um, in our what's kind of become our, fa- our favorite podcast room. It's where... The team has pregame chapel. Both teams have pregame chapel. And I think a room where TNT or ESPN, whoever's broadcasting the game, it's kind of their extra room. So uh, we're here just surrounded by a bunch of random chairs uh, in a ridiculously cold room. So Scott had to go back into the media room and grab what looks like a Notre Dame parka uh, just just to get us through this podcast. But uh, um it was a it was a thrilling game, uh, a game that honestly the Warriors probably did not deserve to win. Uh, Steve Kerr said post game we stole that game, and I think he's very right about that. Um, the Warriors escaped with 114, 111 victory in Game Two to seize a 2-0 series lead over the Blazers. Let's start tonight by looking ahead. Um, do you think that after enduring what was honestly a pretty crippling blow in this defeat that Portland can regroup and go back and actually seriously uh, test the Warriors in game three and, and and salvage this because as we all know you can't go down 3-0 in, in a playoff series no team has ever come back from that deficit and especially against a team the caliber of the Warriors yeah I do I'm not trying to pimp the series or anything but we look at it this way the Warriors came into this game with a lot of motivation to Get off to an early start and get this done. You know, let's stop fooling around. <clears throat> let's not turn the switch on and off. Let's play some ball right from the start. Show these guys who we are. <clears throat> Show them the first game was not a fluke and that we're we're going to steamroll through the rest of the playoffs. And <clears throat> pardon me. Yeah, see, it's so cold in here. I already got pneumonia. <laughs> but and so what happened? They came out flat. They came out. They got outplayed the first half. The 15 points down in the first half. And there was no excuse for There's no reason for that. There's no logical reason why they should have come out flat. Um, but as we found through the year, logical reasons don't apply to this team. There's nights when you think they should be motivated. They're not. And, and nights when you maybe think they're not, they are motivated. So uh, I don't think they know <laughs> when it's going to come and go. So uh, that to me, that, that, that says that uh, for game three up in Portland, that uh, kind of anything goes. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to come out flat, but there's certainly a chance that they could. They, they should come out firing, right? 2-0. They win that game, and boom, they're in great shape. But maybe they'll be 
fat and happy and not do it. Yeah, one thing that we've learned about this Portland team is they have a lot of pride. Um, they have a lot of self-respect, and I think you saw that tonight. I think they were a little embarrassed about how game one went, all the questions about their defensive game plan on Curry, right, justifiably, uh, and they came back and they, they they looked inspired tonight. They They did everything they needed to do to win except for execute when it mattered most, which was the last three or four minutes of the game. The Warriors closed on a 14-3 run to steal that victory. Um, and you look at the box score, um, and the reality of the situation is Portland didn't do much wrong. You know, they shot 18 for 39 for th- from three. They got really nice bench production for from Rodney Hood and Seth Curry. Uh, Damian Lillard and McCollum, neither of them were great. They didn't shoot the ball great, especially from on two-pointers, but they were – solid they 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 did their job and uh and they still lost that game um to you from in your mind how does portland do all these things right and still lose this game well they just got out warrior the warriors just came out smoking they just the warriors got inspired you've seen the times during the year where you know they play well and then they'll play really well and times where they just get inspired in the second half starting with that run and then carrying on to the to the end of the fourth quarter, they just played inspired ball. They were just making all the plays, doing everything they needed to do. And, and like you said, it's not like Portland was choking or screwing up or anything like that. They were just getting outplayed by a, a superior team. But one reason I think that it's not necessarily something we should forget about the rest of the series is because, uh, to me, Portland, and this is kind of a superficial view, but Portland, unlike the Rockets, seem to have more, I don't know, character or moral fiber or something like that. Maybe I'm saying that because uh, I'm not a big fan of James Harden's style and Chris Paul's style of play, and I CJ McCollum and and Lillard are quite the opposite. And, you know, I, I find a lot to really like and respect in their game. So I see them as a team that that you know is not they they, they have something special, and we saw a little bit of this in the, in the first round. Uh, the Clippers vastly overmatched, but they kind of had some spark and character and everything. And I think this is a team kind of like the Clippers but with more talent. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that the Blazers get swept in this series um, for the reasons you just alluded to. And if they don't get swept, you got to think that they're probably going to win game three because it's so hard for any team to win game four when you're down 3-0. I've seen teams do it. I think Tantonio did it a couple years ago. Or was it last year against the Blazers? It's happening against or against the Warriors. It's happening against the Warriors. But um, and one thing to keep in mind is Portland has a lot to play for. They have an, not just a city, but they have an entire state. And I'm from Portland, as we've talked about on the pod. I, I'm very familiar with that fan base. I'm very familiar with what this team means to that city and what this run has meant to that city. I'm actually writing about that tomorrow. Hopefully, that'll be up soon after this podcast goes up tomorrow. Um, but this is the first conference finals appearance in 19 years. Uh, they're playing for a chance to go to their first NBA finals since 1992, the Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter teams. Um, and they, I, I think there's a lot of people in Portland that, that feel just kind of thankful that they're here, but they also, the last thing they want is to get this far and be swept because this team is very familiar with, embarrassment uh they, they've been swept the last two years in the playoffs once to new orleans once to uh the warriors uh and they 
have dealt with such a painful history. I'm not sure if there's many franchises in professional sports that have dealt with more setbacks, especially at times when it looked like they were on the upward trajectory than the Warriors. You know, there was Bill Walton's uh, health problems right after they won the 1977 title, so they weren't able to really build off that. There was Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie was actually a talented player, maybe not as talented as Michael Jordan, but he's just a talented player who never could realize the potential because of health problems. And, and obviously they, they missed out on not just Michael Jordan, but uh, John Stockton and several other elite players in that draft. And then there's Brandon Roy's knees and Greg Oden's knees and, you know, the chance – whiffing on the chance to get Kevin Durant. There's just so many missed opportunities, and I think all of that makes that fan base – appreciate someone like Damian Lillard even more. And I think Lillard understands that responsibility. And that's part of, that's honestly the biggest reason why I don't think they're going to lose, they're going to lose him for. Um, also think, think of the upside for them. They got to be sitting there thinking, okay, we could have won the first game. We were in it. We could have certainly could have won the second game. We were in it and we had it towards the end. We had it big at halftime and we had it in the, down the fourth quarter. We can play with these guys. And imagine what they're, the, the Trailblazers are thinking. If they could win this series, even if they could stretch it out to six or seven, but if they could win this series, what a phenomenal upset that would be for them. What a, that would be a – Portland would just explode, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it would be – if they won the series? I yeah. mean, the, yeah, the, I think the city would literally spontaneously combust <laughs> and there would not be a Portland, or, Portland Oregon, anymore. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of kidding, but that would be – maybe the greatest upset in professional sports history. I mean, there's been some crazy upsets at the college level in the first round, but, you know, you can make the argument. I believe, according to Vegas, Portland's the biggest conference finals upset in decades, maybe ever, and uh, if they could somehow do that. But that's obviously a huge if. Um, You know, we got some big news literally, what, five minutes before tip-off that – Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins will not be available until at least game six if this series goes six, which is later than I think we all initially thought. There was optimism that he could, that at least KD could be back maybe by game three. Um, Kerr said post game that the injury is worse than they anticipated. Uh, we've talked to people in the organization who have assuage those concerns he's that that's not necessarily true they still feel like he's making good progress and could be back for the nba finals the, the reality of the situation is that calf injuries are really weird anyone who's ever had a calf injury uh the pain can kind of come and go uh they're kind it's kind of hard to tell the severity sometimes and so um the i think it was called a mild strain but i'm not sure it really was a mild strain um katie has had calf strains each of the past two years and come back within a week. That's obviously not the case here. Uh, I think the big question is, can he be back for the NBA Finals? Um, I think the Warriors can get through this series without him and and DeMarcus, but I really do think they need him against a Milwaukee or Toronto. Yeah, I agree with that. And and Clay said that tonight. He said, if we're going to three-peat, we definitely need him. Now, that could be just Clay being diplomatic because obviously none of the Warriors are going to come out and say, we don't really need the guy. But the truth is, you know, he comes in pretty pretty in, in handy, you know. Look at the last two finals, MVP of the last two finals. And the guy's 
phenomenal players. Getting, he was averaging 34 points a game in the playoffs when he got injured, which is, what, the second most in the last 25 years or something like that for a guy to average in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, they, I think they definitely need him. One of the things about the injury, maybe you can get to the bottom of this when you talk to Kerr tomorrow or something like that, is, is to find out, is it just a matter of, of pain tolerance? In other words, if he could pay th- play through the pain, is it a matter of that, or is it a matter of that he could actually make it a lot worse? He could go out there too early and then pull something and boom, be done for the rest of the playoffs and maybe into the way into the offseason. I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think he actually is still feeling pain. And they're not going to clear him for any sort of on-court work until he's pain-free. And that's why he hasn't he he hasn't even stepped on the court. He you know in, in that respect he's further behind than Demarcus, who has been on the court for a couple weeks now, doing some light shooting and conditioning and and things like that. Um, so that's 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 definitely something to monitor because even if he's pain-free and feels feels good entering the finals and is cleared, he could be out of shape. I mean, he hasn't really worked out at a real level uh, yet. So. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I still feel like this Warriors team could win the finals against Milwaukee or Toronto without Durant, but it would be a, it would be really interesting. I don't think they're necessarily even the favorite in that situation. Do you? Yeah. No. And what about Cousins? By the way, if he comes back, let's say he's able to come back, can they give us some perspective? Can they really use him? Because all of a sudden now Looney's stepping up and and Jordan Bell is playing some great ball and, and I I don't think you necessarily bring Cousins back and automatically play him, you know, 30-plus minutes. Obviously, just from a recovery standpoint, you got to ease him in. But also just given the situation, given that they have a rotation that they're they're happy with, given that his absence has really, I think, empowered a lot of those bench guys. Kavon's playing great basketball right now. Jordan Bell. Out of nowhere, uh, which you wrote about a few days ago, he had a he had probably the best playoff game of his entire career, uh, his his young career uh, tonight. Had eleven points off the bench, uh, eleven points and uh, a block, two steals, an assist, three rebounds. Played a solid fourteen minutes tonight uh, with with Kavon and and Draymond both in foul trouble. He came up huge. Which that might be the biggest surprise to me of this entire postseason. But to, before I get really down 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 in the weeds with Jordan, just let me say that Demarcus would be helpful in the finals, especially if they play Toronto, because he would be a real asset going up against guys like Marcus Sewell, especially what he can do offensively against those guys, Marcus Sewell and Serge Ibaka. Um, I don't think he's as good of a matchup against Brooke Lopez, who went off in Game 1, was really the difference maker in Game 1 of that series. But I think he'd, he'd be helpful. And um, so so if they can have him back, I think they'd like to have him back. It's not nearly as pressing as getting Durant back. Uh, but back to, to Bell, um, what have you thought about his just sudden reemergence? I mean, that I literally I feel like an idiot now, but I told people in Houston a, a week ago, I don't see him playing another playoff minute. And here we are. He's a real asset. Um, how did this happen? Not, I don't know. But not only that, but I think there were a lot of people, maybe you're in that camp, I don't know, who thought he was done with the Warriors, that he had pretty much played himself out here and that they were pretty much convinced that, eh, not quite our type of guy or whatever, and that you know he was just kind of taking up space on the bench until he, he could take off after the season. 
No, I, I totally thought he was gone. I mean, it's not just his play. He'd been very inconsistent with a depleted front court. He still could not crack the rotation. Um, there were a couple times early in the playoffs against uh, the Clippers and then later early in the series against Houston where he was on, he got on the court for little cameos and was just made boneheaded mistakes and got yelled at by, by higher profile teammates. And, you know, you, when you're a fringe guy like that, you can't be making mistakes like that at this level. But then it just got to the point where Steve didn't really have a choice. You know, he, he had to play him when, when KD went out in game and then in game six, when he's without KD to Marcus and, uh, Draymond and Kavan both getting foul trouble. He has no choice but to play him, and he actually plays pretty well. And then, you know, you come into this series, he played pretty well in game one, and then tonight, Kavan and Draymond getting foul trouble again, and there was really no choice but to play him uh, meaningful minutes. Uh, and he really answered the call, and honestly, I don't think it's hyperbole that, to say that I think he has not only saved his season, but he has saved his tenure with the Warriors. I think he's shown enough in these few games to say, hey, give me that $1.8 million qualifying offer. I'm as good as anyone else on that in that price range. You you need big men. You only have one center under contract next season. Um, you you can you can bring me back, and and it's not going to hurt you in any way. So so I, I think I think he's in a lot of ways saved his career because if he does, if the Warriors don't resign him. Every other team is going to look at him and be super reluctant to sign him because they're like, well, the Warriors don't want you for a reason. So, and we know about the candle incident. We know that you couldn't crack the rotation in a depleted front court. Um, so, you know, good for him, honestly. Just as a, as a human being, you have to be happy for someone who was in the doghouse and made the most of a couple opportunities and, and uh, saved himself. Right. And also tonight, I think he got kind of a, a baptism into uh, real hardcore playoff basketball. He got knocked to the floor a couple times on his back. And one time it looked like he was it almost knocked out uh, or maybe hurt or something like that. And so he, you know, he got banged around a little bit, but he took it and came back and, and came back strong. And I think that, uh, I think every young player new to the playoffs, uh, or fairly new to the playoffs anyway, um, needs that, that hardcore baptism. And I think he got that tonight. And I think, I think he'll be ready to go. And not only that, but when you talk about next year, uh, as the Warriors get older, you know, all these guys are starting to get a little bit older. People talk about Draymond getting older and the whole group. They could all come back and he'll be older. They're going to look for youth and athleticism, and, and Bell certainly brings that, so that'll be a factor in his favor. One kind of feel-good story tonight was Seth Curry had a really nice game, uh, 16 points, hit, hit a really big three uh, toward the end of that game. If, if uh, the Blazers win that game, I think we're talking a lot about Seth Curry um we still were uh just because i think people love that narrative they love that storyline um you oh, know, yeah, i was just gonna say that uh i think maybe the one, it had to be the, one of the low points of seth curry's life in the first uh quarter i guess when he set up for a corner uh three-pointer and put it up and draymond came along and just swatted it into about the 14th row and uh it just was it and you know he didn't play well last game and then he came out and made a couple mistakes early and and had that shot blocked, really embarrassing block, because there's nothing worse than getting the shot swatted like that. And yet came back and played a really sensational game. He, he did have a really bad turnover at the end. True. But, you know, overall, very nice game from him. And uh, Steph, better than a nice game from him. Um, he he was 37 points on 11 for 22 shooting. Only shot 4 for 14 from 3. 
but did a lot of good. And he did have six turnovers, but um, I think the Warriors can stomach that, you know, when he he really kind of helped lift them at times in that first half when they were stagnating. And then he was he and Clay really powered that third quarter surge where they went on a big run to erase that 15 point halftime deficit. So uh, Steph is back to Steph. I think Clay, you know, not the greatest shooting night from him, eight for 22 from the field, but he did, you know, shoot four for eight from three and and hit some really timely shots. So I don't think he's too upset with his night tonight. Um, But Draymond. Draymond Green was the MVP of tonight for the Warriors. I mean, you look, you look at the stat line, 16 points, seven assists, five blocks, and 10 rebounds. Um, just an absolute clinic from him. And what I was really impressed by was what he was able to do after he stayed in the game with seven and a half minutes left. He picked up his fifth foul, and, and Steve kept him in the game, and he – kind of straddled that line of still being hyper aggressive while not letting it go overboard and get pick up a six foul and he was great defensively in that stretch um hit a really key uh layup toward the end of the game to help ice it for him um just you know that when he's in contract negotiations this summer for a max trying to get a max deal he needs to be showing that that film yeah, and and down the stretch, what about about the last five buckets in the fourth quarter? Maybe the last four, he either scored them or assisted on them. He was involved in everything. He was just uh, he he just becomes a tornado. It's crazy. Yeah, what do you think of Steve's decision to keep him in late? No, oh, I, I thought it was good. Even with five fouls. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys that thinks that uh, I trust the player in a situation like that. I mean, one thing I would hate to do if I'm a coach is pull him out and then put him back in and and he misses three minutes of play and then he winds up only having five fouls and not fouling out. And you think, okay, those, those minutes are wasted. So I'd rather play him and, and take a chance at having him foul out. And not only that, but another thing about Draymond tonight is that he seems to be spending less time uh, yapping at the officials and the refs and complaining. I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah, isn't it nice that officiating hasn't been a storyline this series? <laughs> I got really tired of that last series. It is pretty cool. And, you know, there's always weird calls and everything, but I, it's, I think they've done a pretty good job refing this. Because it's, it's, always, uh, it's they're doing a good job when you're not talking about them. Right. <laughs> if, if you don't notice them, then they're probably doing a pretty good job. Um, and I and I also think it's just the style the way the the Blazers play. It's just not it's not going to be as much of an issue when it comes to the referees as obviously Houston and the one and only James Harden. Um, so kind of kind of putting a bow on things here. Um, one thing I like to kind of gauge at the end of each game is is how this night affected your outlook of the rest of the series so do you, you know the Warriors are up to uh heading back heading up to Portland do you think the Warriors have a legit shot at sweeping this or what would you say right now well, they do that affected my thinking tonight because my thinking going in was that they'll probably win tonight fairly easily um because they got momentum going and they're feeling good and they're playing well and everything so I thought the Warriors would, would win fairly easily tonight and then just go up there and, and finish it off. Now I really think Portland has played themselves back into the into the series. I I I you never know until the ball is thrown up, but I like we said earlier, I just don't see them letting themselves get swept. They they're just a pride factor. I think that this goes five games. Um 
And uh, I think that would be, you know, the Warriors could feel good about that because this this is this is a good team. They're not as good as Houston, but they're a good team. I mean, you don't get to the conference finals while being a bunch of, you know, slobs. So um, I'm excited uh, because we, we kind of upped our, our travel contingent this series, uh, ju- justifiably given the conference finals. Uh, both Scott and Anne Killian will be with, with me in Portland. Yeah. And, um, by, and by the way, I'm looking forward to meeting your parents. I haven't met them yet, and I want to ask them what the hell they were doing, letting you go to journalism school <laughs> instead of getting a real job. Uh, my mom actually is the reason I'm into journalism, uh, which is, you know, she actually signed me up unbeknownst to me for my my journalism class in high school. Um, so she can tell you all about that. But, uh, no, it'll be fun. Uh, Aunt Killian has a son up there. I know your, your mom lives in Eugene, and I have obviously my parents up there. So uh, we, we will be busy uh, doing stuff outside of just writing a lot about this team. But we will be writing a lot about this this team. Stay locked and loaded to SF Chronicle. And if you have some time, you know, shoot Scott and Ann some recommendations. You know, even me, I, I'm trying to explore new places in my hometown. Uh, I know there's a lot of great restaurants. You know how it is when you're from a place, you just kind of have like five restaurants you like that you go to. So everyone's telling everyone that lives down here is telling me about the, their favorite restaurant in Portland. I'm like, I don't even, I've never been there. I know one thing. I'm not going to go back to that bar you took me to last time. Why? I don't know. It just ended poorly. That's all I remember. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, uh, we'll leave it on that now. Appreciate it, Scott. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Subscribe.